Ged, the greatest sorcerer in all of Earthsea, was called Sparrowhawk in his reckless youth. Hungry for power and knowledge, Sparrowhawk tampered with long-held secrets and loosed a terrible shadow upon the world. This is the tale of his testing, how he mastered the mighty words of power, tamed an ancient dragon, and crossed death's threshold to restore the balance. In this episode of My Favorite Books, we are going to be talking about the Earthsea Quartet, which was written by Ursula K. Le Guin. We are only going to be covering the original four books, which were published between 1968 and 1990. There are, if you find yourself interested, two other books, but they were published a little bit later. I love this series. I went into this book expecting nothing. Well, I was expecting the typical fantasy, trope-like shenanigans. And those elements were present throughout the series. We've got wizards, we've got magic, we've got dragons, we've got our special magical object, specifically the Ring of Aerith Akbe. Even though it is on a surface level very typical of the fantasy genre, once we delve into a lot of the subtext, especially the psychological subtext, it really just shows how deep of a story that Ursula K. Le Guin was weaving. The one thing that really makes this series stand out amongst the plethora of fantasy titles out there is its attention to character. This series favors character over plot, though there is a plot. There, there is a plot, I promise you. But with this focus, Ursi turns from more of a typical fantasy tale into a moralistic tale that is influenced by theology and psychological principles. For example, Ursula K. Le Guin herself was highly influenced by Taoism. So Taoism, if you don't know, is a Chinese ethical moralistic system that speaks of the way human beings ought to behave in society. It deals with the Tao, or the way of nature, and the basic idea behind Taoism was that it allowed its practitioners to realize that human life itself is really only a smaller part of the larger mechanisms and processes of nature, and really the way that humanity should live is in harmony and in accordance with the flow of nature. As I said, there were a lot of psychological principles that helped shape the series, even if it wasn't part of, you know, Ursula K. Le Guin's uh, authorial intent. In uh, the first novel, A Wizard of Earthsea, takes a lot from, or rather, I should say, aligns with a lot of Carl Jung's interpretation of self-development, specifically his process of individuation. So individuation is a method of self-development that aims a person towards realizing psychological wholeness. There are no set guidelines for this process, though a lot of people tend to think that the encounter with the shadow archetype 
is the first step in undergoing this journey, and it is the shadow that plays a huge part in A Wizard of Earthsea. In encountering in shadow, the ultimate goal is to achieve balance with it, to integrate the shadow aspects of ourselves so that which is unconscious in our psyche becomes conscious. Now, books two and four, The Tombs of Atuan and Teanu, explore what I like to call the role of women in Earthsea. Both of these books are narrated by a character named Tenar. So when we first meet Tenar, she's 15, and she is a priestess of the Nameless Ones, Ara, which is also known as the Eaten One, on the temple island of Atuan in the Kargish Isles. Now, Ged is in these two books. However, he's more of a side character. Ged shows up halfway through the second book. He serves as a catalyst for Tenar to step away from her path of darkness, this sort of religious path that was forced upon her as a young girl, and to embrace a path of choice. After she leaves Atuan with Ged and the magical object, the Ring of Eric Othbe, she goes to live on Gaunt where she then ends up being a sort of student to Ogian, who first taught Ged in A Wizard of Earthsea. But then she does decide to leave Ogian and her magical studies, and she chooses a simple life, which then really leads into the events of Teanu. When we see her again in Teanu, 25 years have passed, and we meet up once more with Tanar. Uh, she's grown up, widowed, and has two children out there in the world. Teanu were written as a response to male-driven fantasy stories, Teanu takes the idea of being in a fantasy story, and it doesn't focus on, you know, a hero or a chosen one. It focuses on, you know, the women, the children who often are bystanders to these great events that happen in their world, and we get to see how it affects their day-to-day -day life, how they process and interpret these events, and also, in the case of Teanu, how it makes a victim of them. Now, the third book, The Farthest Shore, is probably my least favorite of the series. It centers around the character of Prince Aaron, who ends up later becoming King Lebanon, the first king in Havnar in several hundred years, a prophesized king. But the scenario is set up like this. Magic is disappearing in the land, and Ged, along with Prince Aaron, have to travel all the way to the ends of the world, even into the land of death, to get it back. This book marks the beginning of Aaron's journey, as he later fulfills a prophecy and becomes king. However, this book marks the end of Ged's journey. At the end of the novel, he loses his magic and is taken, on the back of the dragon Teresin all the way to Gaunt, where his journey began. As I said, uh, The Farthest Shore is probably my least favorite of the series. While I did enjoy the slight queer undertones of Prince Aaron's character, it really just kind of fell flat for me. It, it did have a lot of grown-up boy bonding time in the platonic and innocent connotation of those words. It, at parts, felt like a rehash of earlier books, especially the ending of A Wizard of Earthsea. In terms of the cyclical nature of the narrative, makes a lot of sense. Ged's first big journey was to the end of the world, to the land of the dead, where he faced his shadow, and it ended in that same land where he gave the ultimate sacrifice. He gave up his magic so that magic could return to Earthsea. But yes, if you enjoy fantasy that is character-driven and has a lot of psychological and philosophical undertones, then you will definitely enjoy A Wizard of Earthsea.
The Earthsea series consists of the main four books, A Wizard of Earthsea, The Tombs of Atuan, The Farthest Shore, and Teanu, as well as the sixth and final book, The Other Wind, which was published all the way in 2001. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a lovely day, and as always, happy reading.